Disciples of Agony, episode one. Today, we are going to be talking about the Masters of War theme force in Scorn. Um, I am Brian, one of your hosts. I'm Stan, one of your other hosts. And I'm Peyton, your other host. <laughs> Yay, we made it. We did intros, and now we're going to go on to our gaming tenures, kind of talk about who we are, what we've done, why should you care about what we have to say. Um, honestly, you shouldn't. You should make your own opinions, but that's just me. Um, but I've been playing war top games for over 20 years now. Um, I got into... War Machine, at the very, very, very beginning of Mark II, before the Horde site had released, I jumped into Kador as a starter. Uh, and then as soon as Scorn was released, I jumped right into them. And I kind of bounced between them for a while. And I've been... Once Mark III hit, I played Kador for like the first six months, and then went right back to Scorn, um, even during the dead time. Uh, played them right up until just after Grimkin came out. Played them for about a half year, and I'm back on score. I've been on them all this year. It's like you never left. It, it really is. <laughs> Plus, so you know, we, red factions, right? That's yeah, yeah. But none of mine are painted red. There, are, I I started with wood elves, and I really like green. So. Um, I, I kind of kept that for my score. <laughs> How about you, Peyton? How did you get into right. gaming? Uh, so my dad owns a tabletop gaming store, so I was brought up in it when I started playing Warhammer Fantasy when I was around eight. Uh, when Fantasy died, I immediately jumped ship to War Machine. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, that was right around the time that the air disc came out. Uh, I played, and I've been playing Scorn ever since. Uh, I had like about a four-month hiatus to Mercs, and then decided I didn't like Mercs, so I came back to Scorn, and been that way ever since. Until after this weekend, right? Yeah, this will be my. <laughs> then uh, <laughs> I have two of everything from Crucible Guard as of right now, uh, except the Rareless. Obviously, so I'll be jumping to Crucible Guard for six to nine months. At least after War Machine weekend. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. You got like Osram outside your window with the boombox. <laughs> <laughs> you really missed out, man. You really missed out. <laughs> oh man. Uh, as as for me, I'm fairly new to uh, tabletop war gaming, so I'm gonna start start a little further back than. Then you guys, uh, obviously growing up in Russia, chess is, uh, it's just expected of you. Uh, so uh, that's that was kind of my first serious strategy game. Um, and obviously a pretty good jump off point into War Machine. Mm -hmm. uh, from, from then on, I was pretty interested in uh, video games and RPGs. Picked up a Sega Genesis. And Shining Force, King's Bounty, Populous were probably the three main games that really caught my attention as far as tactical RPGs go and god games. And later on, I discovered card games and started doing local tournaments, uh, obviously Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! And 
transitioned into the online world of SOCOM, Halo, and all that stuff. I was actually part of um, some of the folks that put together what now is uh, Major League Gaming, the website. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it all started with SOCOM, actually. It was just called SOCOM Battles, and then eventually got bought by MLG and is like the premier pro-tracking thing for games right now. As for war games, a friend of mine less than a year ago bought the uh, Crix versus Signar uh, battle box for him and his son, and uh, unchallenged by his 10-year-old opponent, uh, <laughs> roped me into playing. So I played Signar for, mm, I don't know, probably like 10 to 20 games against Crix over and over and over and eventually went to our local store, which is Mox Boarding House, and I got a really awesome demo of the game at, at a, on a larger scale from Jeff Olson, who is uh, also working for Privateer Press. And he walked me through the lore of every faction, probably took well over an hour, maybe two. Eventually just told me to settle on what's cool, and I picked up Scorn. I love the... Uh, kind of samurai a Persian armor sets and all the dinosaurs and elephants. Uh, some some just really clicked visually. Started out with Makeda 2, spamming swordsmen like like you do. Like you do. Jesus, that was a that's a interesting start at least. <laughs> I thought it was really good. It is. But just starting with Makeda 2 is just Especially in Mark Three, like she just plays so differently uh, than Mark Two A, but more complexly than ever before. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I I remember Jeff. Jeff was trying to get me to play some more, more, more of the simpler casters, or just stick <laughs> with what stick with what came in the army box, which was Makeda One. But I picked up Malik and like the UAs and Tycom and just shoved three units of swordsmen in and that that's that's what happened yeah that, i mean <laughs> sometimes like it just lit. happens that way yeah <laughs> yeah which uh guess what theme that was in yeah the discussion for the, the one today. we're talking about today Yay. Yep. Yeah. so um well i guess that's a good segue let's uh let's talk about masters of war and what is it What's the construction? What are the benefits? What are you giving up to get into it? Um, and why would you play this theme? Uh, does anyone have it already pulled up, or do I need to do that? Yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. Okay, so why don't you go over the restrictions, and then Peyton, do you want to take the benefits? Sure. All right, so for Masters of War, the theme restrictions are as follows. Uh, Scorn Warlocks, which pretty much everybody can fit in there. Non-character war beasts without ranged weapons, and that's going to be key for this discussion, I'm sure. The gods at Privateer Press were nice enough to include the Kraya and Tiberian. And then we have the Cataphract models, the Praetorians, we have the Tyrant Commander and Standard Bearer, frequently abbreviated as TICOM. Extoler Solos, Paingiver Beast Handler Units, and Mortithurge Willbreaker. Solos, in case there's ever more than one that's named Mortithurge Willbreaker. 
icebreaker. So, yeah, I guess let's pause here. You kind of already talked about it a bit, but Warbeast without ranged weapons basically negates both of our Gargantuans, um, which is kind of a big deal. The Drake, the Raider, the Shaman, um, all of which are very good utility lights. Uh, hold on one second. Some key animi are missing yeah, so because of those exclusions. The shaman in particular is incredibly devastating mm-hmm. in this building. Yep, you're always like, oh, I have eight points left, and I can slap in that shot. Oh, yeah, typically when I when I play the theme, I have a I have a shelf set up of all my models, and I can see the shaman extending his hand out towards me <laughs> in his pose, and I just I look back and. You know, send my hand out as well. I wish I could take you. <laughs> I would if I could. You know, every time. <laughs> um, what else are restricted? So no Venators. Like, the only shooting we've got are Incendiarii and Arcuari. And those aren't really... Both of which are up. contenders for the worst units in our faction. Uh, arguable, but sure. We can... We can have that discussion. I think the two others in that discussion are also in that in this theme force, but you know. And I will just for the sake of uh, finish reading out the theme bonuses because we we can discuss minions as sure. ranged potential ranged options. Mm-hmm. So uh, this army can also include one minion solo and one minion unit that will work for scorn. The minion units can have attachments, including a ranking officer. For every 20 points for Torian models and units, uh, you get a free command atta- Torian command attachment or Tyrant commander unit. Then you get plus one to your starting roll, and you get takedown on warrior models. Okay, so let's pause again. And uh, Well, do we want to talk about the, the minions options that we could throw in there uh, for ranged, or do we want to kind of just talk about the bonuses and then talk about everything as a whole? Uh, we can talk about everything as a whole, I guess. So, uh, plus one to go first. Always a great, great, great benefit. This this theme, like we've already said once, very lacking on the ranged options. Um, and if you're going the cataphract route, very slow. So you kind of really want to go, go first to be able to at least eat up some board space. And the takedown is very clutch. It's probably one of the more underrated theme benefits in my eyes, um, just because you can RFP army-wide um, and you ignore tough army-wide, which is, uh, I mean, with all the tough pro- proliferating, <laughs> and it's not limited, so, like, um, we'll bring it in later, but, like, with the Exalted CID just wrapped up, we have tough, no-knockdown immortals. Well, in this theme, you can't make a tough roll, Period. It's also not limited RFP, to living. which limits soul collection. Yeah, yes, ar- arguably this this theme benefit, and it's not just seen in our faction, is is something that limits uh, certain abuse cases from appearing in the meta. Mm-hmm. I do think that having three entire theme forces that grant RFP uh, is definitely a reason why you don't see more ghostly as it is now. I agree. Uh, I mean, sort of. Um, also, you know, people don't like playing with nerfed things, so they kind of just drop it like a pot potato, even though it's still 
Fair Not enough. us scorn players. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yep. Um, so, uh, your guys' thoughts on this. I, I've kind of said some of mine. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, plus one to the starting roll. I mean, we don't get any way to get that in hordes outside of a theme benefit. So that's obviously amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, take down just the sheer flexibility of how it's used and the fact that it's army-wide is is a very powerful tool. It's definitely why uh, these, these benefits m- maybe even more so then the models and the restrictions are why you consider the the theme. So the combination of plus one to go first and what I consider the main unit for this theme force, which is Ferox, uh, the combination of these two abilities just pushes the table. You're you're able to gain enough table space to threaten their deployment line top of two or top mm-hmm. of or bottom of one, I guess, which is an incredible ability for a melee yep. unit. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Going back to the minions options, um, I have one particular unit that I take with my Masters of War list, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, is there any one that like really pops out at you guys that you want to take? I mean, the the it depends on casters, really. Like the brigands, mm-hmm. uh, if you need craft talisman ability or you're looking so, for guns. On the topic of Craft Talisman, I think that is changing with our pre-release. I Every Morgul 3 list and Morgul 2 list I built Masters of War had a unit of Bone Grinders in it. However, that is very quickly oh. changing. That, that, that is very true. Not, not till uh, January or whatever, but it's very true. <laughs> so yeah, Bone Grinders are a big one, but... Yeah, you mentioned brigands. Uh, Crooks. Valkyries are pretty clutch, also. Valkyries are very strong. The three shield guard straight points is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but, you know, the, the points are, are awfully... Uh, they, they disappear fast, we'll say. So, uh, we've talked about the limitations and the benefits. So, what are some lists that we really like with this? Uh, real quick, I just wanted to... Did we go over what the free card choices were? We did, right? I would assume so, because that's with the benefits. Yeah, I just want to talk talk about how how limited that is in, in sure. this theme specifically. Uh, you know, obviously the Tyrant Commander is, you know, the highest value free take you can have. and tied. It's tied with uh, four cash. Four cash. Four cash, yeah. Yeah, but we don't points. we don't really talk about <laughs> our medium bases. Um, <laughs> Too sure. So I mean, you know that, that that's a, a powerful unit to take two of, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I can't, I can never see a situation where you're like, oh yeah, I need three. Um, nor can you get that many. And then of course our UAs, which Kiltari don't have a UA. Nope. The Carrix don't. Mm-hmm. No, they do. They, they, they do. No, I was gonna. I was gonna finish with. Don't really see Sorry. as much play. Uh, sure. Usually, oh. you usually take them for for their uh, discounted point cost, and sometimes you can justify slapping the UA on there. And then, of as course, a, you got our swordsman, right? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we will always have a UA. And then that's it. Those those are the free card choices. Technically, no, but yes, that's pretty much all you'll see. This is a Praetorian theme. Um, cataphracts are not at the level they need to be, um, and it was a little sad to see them not be the, the choice because we saw a bunch of medium bases go through, but uh, five wounds, tough, doesn't really knock it anymore. They're speed five. Uh, they're mad as elite, but they need to get there, and that's not going to happen at five wounds, and basically pow 12s kill them. On average, shot dice. Well, like five wounds tough is something that Ferox have, and Ferox have like double the melee threat range, more survivable, mm-hmm. steady. Yeah. <laughs> yes, all the good things. <laughs> but you get more of them. I mean, that's that's our plus side, right? Sure. <laughs> we'll go with sure. <laughs> I mean, that's what they all say. Yes. I mean, yep. They are a little bit cheaper. They are a little bit more boxes. Um, but they are harder to do what you do what they the list needs you to do. Um, you need quick moving because you're all melee. So you need things that move quick, things that hit at least decently hard, and you need things that can find ways to survive. Def 11, arm 16 base, or arm 15. Um, I think it's 16 on the Citrati, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, arm 11 to 15. Pow 12s kill them, straight up. Mat 6, pow 12, you're dead. Um, and if you tough, okay, it takes a second one to kill you because you are now knocked out. Um, so uh, we're pretty much going to be ignoring the cataphracts, unfortunately. Um, I do have uh, seven units of cataphracts. Between the three different units, yeah. Um, two full Incendarii, three Arcuari, um, two min, one max, uh, one max Citrati, one min Citrati. I gotta so be honest, with I dodged guys, the fifth bullet. My, mine are like in some weird state of broken, rattling around the box. I, I yeah, mean, I, I don't I have you. them all, but they're like uh, I don't know. Spears are broken in three different places, and I just haven't cared to address that. Yep, I yep, I understand. I played fist, so I did I, um, a few months ago run a Jalam list. No, who did I have with? With the Citrati. But anyway, I thought that they all had Blessed for a second. And then that, oh, was, man, that, was, that was a sad moment. <laughs> it was only Vorkesh. <laughs> yep. But yeah, back, back to Ria. Just when you think we have nice things. Anyway. <laughs> I found the secret tech that we don't have. Um, so Peyton, why don't you give us a list? Alright, so my favorite cast from this theme is Morgul 3. So my list that I'm currently playing with him is Morgul 3 and his escorts. Uh, the battle group is Archadon Gladiator. Uh, he has Marketh attached to him because you always get, take Marketh. For units, I've got two Tycoms, two units of Ferox, a unit of Swordsman with UA. Then I have two Willbreakers, a one Vessel, and a Feral Geist, because I had two random points left. This list absolutely destroys any infantry list that I've come across. Um, also, playing more with three is just fun. <laughs> it turns Election out. is a hell of a drug. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Took the words straight out of my mouth. <laughs> so, you just drop this into infantry swarms? 
most infantry swarms, it become it. My only problem with the list is if it forces a little bit of list chicken. However, uh, mm-hmm. if you have a very very heavy armor brick paired with a infantry swarm, um, hopefully that is alleviated in January. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yep. The list can be also a little bit armor, but it's limited. Sure. Yeah, and uh, you're already going with the stuff that we know is to be true. Um, yeah. Would this change at all if potentially the Supreme Guardian coming into that thing? So, two things change this. Uh, I changed this list uh, quite a or a decent amount. Sure. Um, first, the free points change as uh, they're supposed to cha- was changed in the last week of the Supreme Guardian CID uh, mm-hmm. to where all units count. Uh, which means I can drop the Feral Geist to pick up a unit of Pangivers. Um, that is an upgrade, for sure. And the Ferox, one unit of Ferox is downgraded to a unit, another unit of Swordsman, and I can pick up the Supreme Guardian. Um, which is also another huge upgrade. It increases my armor co- uh, cracking ability by a ton. Mm-hmm. With, in between the Pangivers, allowing the, uh, the Gladiator to actually kill a heavy. And the Supreme Guardian himself. That's fair. Yeah, the Supreme Guardian's going to add a lot to your list because mm-hmm. Morg, Morg three, while he absolutely crushes some matchups, also kind of fit into this weird list chicken scenario with a lot of a lot of factions out there in the meta. Yeah, like if Amon and, or Karchev were still popular in your meta, I wouldn't suggest him. But for a lot of times, the like six, seven heavy list isn't a thing anymore. You'll see like battle engines plus heavies, in which case, uh, especially against War Machine, he's very strong because War Machine doesn't have access to guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you just blind two battle engines a turn and exactly, laugh yeah. as mm-hmm. you have 38 points of uh, storm shredders that don't activate. <laughs> not, not speaking from experience or anything, just... <laughs> Uh, As the list is currently, have you had any, like, just truly devastatingly bad uh, misses of uh, Knight's Reflection? Your dice just crap out on you and Uh, Mark 3 stuck in the middle of the table? Yeah. uh, Playing against Haley 2. Double Storm Strider. uh, Three Centurions. He misses... I missed all three mortality attempts uh, against Def 10. Uh, on Morg, he was puppet mastered. He needed force, and he missed three of them. So he was camping zero in the middle of the table versus two storm shatters. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Morg. Nice <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> that was the worst one I've had. That yeah, I mean that, that. That's why I'm just most excited for the vessel. Is just. That that Fury Six for your magic ability really did up the risk factor to uncomfortable levels sometimes. Also, the vessel increases my capa- uh, increases where I want to play him into Gravedigger specifically. He should be a very 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 strong matchup, but he turned uh, relying on a boosted eleven to hit dug in trenchers is not optimal. Deal, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but when you get to be met, we only need to boost it a rerollable boost in nine with a puppet master because it's telemetry, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And blind shutting off a unit of like commandos destroys a matchup. 
that is all fair. So, Stamp, what do you got? Oh, I got some really spicy for you guys today. <laughs> so, uh, I've been playing around with Sarah Chu's uh, WTC Mordecai list, which, mm-hmm. uh, for those of you that don't know, is uh, Voidseer Mordecai. And the battle group is a Kreia, a Cyclops Brute, and the Despoiler. For my only solo in the list, I have Tyrant Redeem, a unit of Max Ferox, a unit of Max Keltari, two units of Max Swordsman with their UAs, and one Tycom. So um, how have you found that to be? So, so all right, let's <laughs> let's just start this off right here. I, I think Mordecai is a B caster at best, maybe a B minus. Uh, he's got a very wonky kit, pretty decent assassination potential. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think most most people think it's better than it actually is, but it's 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 there. Uh, he's relatively safe from danger himself, uh, just by the nature of his kit. He's got a great character bond with the Despoiler, which is probably the uh, main appeal of taking the two together, as mm-hmm. you don't really have to worry about solos. As you see, I only have one in the list, because I can make some lovely Void Spirits that can just go Pac-Man through shit. <laughs> it turns out uh, takedown and overtake and <laughs> three dice to hit and three dice damage is pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, teleporting and all that <laughs> stuff, eight inches. It's Yeah, it's, it's not too shabby. Uh, he's got a pseudo control feat. I'm calling it pseudo because it it's it's confusing and it puts things into your opponent's hands a little bit. The plus three defense is, I mean, it's it's a solid number. It brings uh, some things in the list to respectable heights. And uh, his his Kiltari are, I I was very skeptical seeing them in the list, and my first game trying them. They, they, they just proved to be so massively annoying for my opponent, especially under feet, mm-hmm. and felt practically invincible. Um, obviously, they don't do much damage, but they're souls, and you know I can bring back five other dudes if I want to with their noble sacrifices once they do their thing. <laughs> <laughs> and as for pri- the primary win condition of Mordecai is... In part to his recursion ability, uh, which favors attrition. Yeah. Uh, of the, of the few games that I have gotten in with him, I've also had a few where I've just caught people out on scenario. I can use seen that a lot with Mordecai. Within yeah. the first three turns, if if your opponent is not aware, you can definitely find yourself in. You know, it's not a Kruger two situation or anything like that, but you can you can find yourself up three zero at times. Yeah, I mean that's kind of why he's so weird is because with Poltergeist stacked, you know, stapled onto that feet, all of a sudden if they're trying to swing at you with troops and they miss, well, you might have just accidentally gotten pushed out of the zone, and now I'm controlling this zone on when I wasn't before because you know you missed. Congratulations and. It also makes the opponent's focus economy kind of weird. It does. Yeah, it, it, it definitely it burns clock. It it mm-hmm. absolutely burns clock. Um, 
it it's one of those feats where you know you just you sit back and you watch the world burn sort of and like i mean the, this kind of goes back to how his kit is just kind of it feels scattered in a lot of ways because you know you've got hollow on your unit of keltari that are now deaf six seventeen sixteen um from non sixteen against melee yeah, 16 against yeah. melee and 18 against ranged attacks, but you want them to die because you need those souls to do other things. So, like, you know, his feet turn is like a, uh, an, an, expected, an expected decrease in his, you know, in the next turn of his personal output at the cost of keeping some Powhatans alive. I don't know. Like, that's just it. Like, his, his, his feet, his kit, his spells, his whatever are also scattershot. The only thing that really comes together is the spoiler in the void spirits in my personal opinion i don't know I, I mean i think i think mordecai is like batman and he's got a fancy like tool belt and he's just throwing things that pop and explode and you know sure. let out smoke in random places so i i you know your opponent's busy with the kiltari you're and the spoilers just creeping up behind the building and suppressing their caster or getting sure. ready to spawn some void spirits um, and then his uh, the host spell, um, host of shadows. That, yeah, that gives ghostly. ghostly. Yep. So Disploder can then walk through that building. Correct. Correct. Yes. So you got you got fun things to do. Like, don't get me wrong. I think there's he's fun things kind to of do. Fun, yeah. but like he's he's all over the place. And yeah, like host of shadows. Really pushes a battle group, uh, mm-hmm. but the rest of his kit really, really pushes not having a def ten battle group. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. No, there's uh, there's no disagreement for me that Mordecai is a weird caster, and then mm-hmm. just to like fly through the rest of the list really quickly, you know, Cray is in there because he doesn't want to get shot. The spoiler mm-hmm. doesn't want to get shot. You know, Morty being at seventeen, seventeen is is pretty sweet with his feet. Um, the brute, the shield guard, and the animus is actually pretty nice for for Mordecai, um, as well as clutching against certain casters. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, Despoiler, you don't really need a reason to take him if you're running Mordecai. You should just be there. Uh, obviously, he helps a little bit with armor cracking. He generates the void spirits. Um, I, I do love when I can pull off manifest void and and suppression on, you know, some uh, uh, fury five, fury six caster. It's 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 pretty fun. It's cute, yeah. And the void spirits activate on the turn they're created. Yes, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And he's got the free upkeep. So, like I said, the spoiler just you're, you're playing more to car. Bless your heart. You take the spoiler. <laughs> Really, uh, Mordecai is to spoilers caster attachment. Like, yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to put that. One. I mean, sorry, it's, it's like the Chiron situation. Yes, uh, uh, little <laughs> yes. foreshadowing. You'll notice that Barracks are going to appear in uh, everyone's lists. I think so uh, because they're just so damn good. They're mm-hmm. a, a big part of why this theme can work, even with its uh, no ranged weapon shortcomings. Uh, the Keltari we talked about, they're high def, they're great at jamming, they're great at triggering Poltergeist. Uh, they're pretty good spray targets. Yes, uh, yeah, that's something I really like about them, specifically with Mordecai, 
is between parry and repo three, they get to be amazing spray angles. Yes, and and that's just one of those things that becomes apparent after you play them. Like I said, I was I was very skeptical putting them in the list. Swordsmen, you know, they're there to hit stuff. They're there to not not lose their UA so they can mini feet. <laughs> Sidestep is also pretty nice uh, with Morty's feet for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, we we've we've just about covered it. Uh, to summarize, Mordecai is a master of nothing, but he's also not not incredibly weak to anything that I've come across, which. I, which I think is where his value comes from in the pairing process. I can I, I can see that. Yes, yeah. I, I would say, you know, he he's he's pretty good into cricks. He's gonna have a hard time not finding a fifty-fifty out there in the game right now. Uh, and I also I, think he, for those of you still playing uh, the standard Resheth list, he actually provides. A good missing piece of coverage for Rasheth. I can't agree with that. I know I was listening to uh, a podcast called The Meta, and they recently had Johan on. He was talking about that pair, specifically. And he really liked pairing Mordecai with uh, Rasheth. I mean, yeah. It's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. It's just everyone's ready for Rasheth these days, so we have to kind of... But nobody's ready for Mordecai. No. (laughs) Nope. Not even a <laughs> reason even for that. <laughs> not even a person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. Um. So, any changes uh, or um, any thoughts about like what would happen after CID comes out, or do you have a completely different list for after CID comes out? So, I I didn't want to spend too much time in uh, fantasy post CID land because you know, we we were promised things like. Mordecai like being able spirits. to bring void spirits wherever <laughs> he goes. And in some of our very poor solo themes, like Imperial Warhost, getting incorporeal solos that can just make you ignore infantry for the rest of the game, uh, that could be a sweet place for Morty to land, which I think, you, you know, if 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 this was a stock, I would say, yeah, and, and invest. Now's the time to invest. If... Uh, if that change happens, sure. uh, as for my list in particular, I gain about two points if we're going off of uh, week three CID. So I could, I could upgrade that brute into an Arcanon and have some fun with Host of Shadows at the loss of some defensive tech. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, getting him not killed is pretty important. Sure, overall. but he's, he's also. He he can he can play out of threat ranges pretty well. I find like I I haven't had to put him in a compromising position. Sure. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's all I really have to say about the list that I brought today. Obviously, we didn't have a Masters of War CID. We had an exalted one. But if if Morty can bring his Void Pals with him wherever he goes, and the Supreme Guardian, of course, also helps kind of. Um. Pack in Mordecai's kit a little bit. Would you consider dropping to Keltari with the Supreme Guardian and its interaction with Mordecai? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, the, those changes are also not live yet. Fair. Yep. I, I think, you know, I, I'm new. I'm definitely new to the game. But as a Scorn player, I've, I've learned not to hope. 
<laughs> I don't want to look far out into the future. Um, obviously, we have some of our model pre-releases spoiled, so you know we can talk about that. But yes, theme changes and elite cadre inclusions, however they go about that, there's there's a lot of things that can change from whatever they're testing to what is going to end up being live. All very fair. And Brian, what have you brought for us today? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Um, so my list is Morgul 2. I've been playing him, I've been playing with uh, Xerxes 2 for about six, seven months now, um, and I've been really struggling to find the off list for him. At first I started with Resheth, Exalted. Then I moved to Morgul Exalted, and it wasn't quite getting what I wanted done, so I moved him to Masters of War, and all of a sudden things started clicking. Um, so the list is Lord Assassin Morgul, uh, with Aptimus Marketh, a Reptile Hound, Basilisk Kraya, a Cyclops Savage, and an Arcadon are his battle group. Uh, you use up one less battle group points than he has. Um, so if we ever get a five-point light, that'd be really amazing. Um, or buff reptile hound. Or buff that. <laughs> oh god! All right. Um, the rest of the list consists of uh, one Extolar Soul Lord, two Mortar Thirds Willbreakers, Tyrant Redeem. You can kind of see where this is going. Min unit of Painkiller Beast Handlers, two units of Praetorian Ferox, two Comet Tycoms, and one unit of Bone Grinders, one minimum. Um, and the list. I like trying to come up with fun names for my list, and I named this one Board Pressure Dot List because this list flies all over the board. Uh, speed 10 Ferox can get wherever you want to, whenever you want them to. Uh, mortality combined with his feet, uh, all of a sudden you've got a caster that's sitting at minus 6 death and minus two armor, and must spend focus next turn to shake if he manage, he or she manages to live through the assassination run. Marketh uh, allows you to throw out that extra mortality or even a flesh hooks to stop things from getting on Morgul uh, when you have to put him in a compromising position. Uh, the Reptile Hound is literally just there because I needed four points to that, fill out my That's usually why Reptile <laughs> Hounds end up in lists. I mean, he gives Morgul 13 more boxes, equivalent he's literally so far in the back i've never actually made attacks with him <laughs> i'm just thinking about mad max now where we're like the reptile hound is uh Morgul's like blood pod yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's just wheeling it around <laughs> pretty much um what's the reptile the hound animus snacking it- okay <laughs> yep not not nothing not worth taking <laughs> He's there because I have to. Um, oh, wait, that's where that's where the blessed in our faction was. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, the Kraya obviously helps the Ferox get up the board because turn one, you I tend to run into their guns threat range, um, just because if I'm not that far forward, I am seeding board space that I. It's really difficult to get back. Um, as good as this theme list is, as theme is, and as good as this list can be, you're really dancing a razor's edge the whole game. Because as soon as those Sphairx start dying, uh, you really start everything becomes exponentially harder. Because 
that's your whole list. There's a lot of support in this list. There's not much hitting power. So you have to really balance that that knife's edge of being aggressive enough to force your opponent to A, make mistakes, and B, come into your threat ranges. And I lost my train of thought there, so I apologize for that. Anyway, moving on through the, through the list. Uh, the Savage is there because he has Future Sight. Uh, I forgot the Prescience, or Prescience. And he can cast it on Morgul himself. It's not a self-animus, it's a range 6 animus. So that helps you if you really need to land that Mortality, or you really need to land that Flesh Hooks, or X, Y, or Z. You got the, the Future Sight boost, um, because obviously Fury 6 is Fury Tight. Um, the Archidon is in there for, obviously, uh, the Sprint Animus, and to allow the list to spread out a little bit more. Um, there are plenty of times that I send Morgul in to kill some random solo or light, or sometimes even a heavy, um, and I need that Animus to make sure that he gets back to where he needs to go um, and, and live through the next turn. Uh, the Soul Ward gives him my Sight, so his feet can work through clouds, blinding um, some trenchers or you know, massed infantry list behind their own clouds is kind of amusing to me. Uh, the Willbreakers are really there to give the Ferox stuff, but occasionally I will A, tough Morgul himself, or B, give him puppet strings, because both those things are pretty amazing in general. Um, Rudeem is there for dodge and an armor-piercing attack. He is really freaking good. I don't know how else to put that. The Beast Handlers will help you get to some decent hitting power with your beast. The Savage and the Archidon... The Savage can go to power 17 with Mortality and Enrage. The Archidon can go to power 19 with the same two. Um, so they, they hit pretty decently when when you need them to. Uh, the Ferox are the meat of the list. They, get, they dance around, they kill all of the infantry forever and ever, um, and then reposition out of the way, clear charge lines for Morgul himself, etc., etc. And the Bulk Riders give him... Now I'm blinking. That's the word. That's the word. Um, they give him the plus two inches for mortality. So all of a sudden, from where Morgul stands, mortality is range 12, Morgul speed 7, and he has a two-inch apparition. And if you really want to, you can Tycom him up to speed 9. So all of a sudden, you've got a 12, 7, 21 to 23-inch mortality going out wherever you need it to. It's pretty pretty huge. And then the Tycoms also can give him uh, press forward. So if you sprint, you're sprinting backwards nine inches or around the board nine inches as opposed to seven. That is such a great interaction. It is an amazing interaction. I was very happy when I made it work one time. And so, yeah, that's that's the list. That's kind of the rundown of it. The, the Ferox, like I said, are the meat of it. And they can go anywhere from POW Mat six, pow twelve, which is their base, but you like that's that's so misleading. They're usually mat eight or ten because they're leaping behind you behind this mortality unit, and now they're pow fourteen boosted with their cat attack rolls or pow sixteen with uh, just one CMA spear, and that that really that damage really adds up quickly. You can't. You can't stand in the face of that very long, and that's never needed when you're hitting single wound troopers. You just mortality them, and then all of a sudden that, that unit's just gone. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, because no healing at all. Harbinger doesn't work, Tough doesn't work, Sanguine Bond is the only thing you've got working for you. But as soon as one dies, the whole thing collapses. Yeah, they are a fantastic cavalry unit. I, I, I love the flexibility of being able to waterfall CMA. 
the jumping, the very occasional charging, I would say. Very occasional. Yeah, it's yeah. very rare for me to charge. I mean, they threat further when they don't charge. Yes. So yeah, they're they're fast. That is they're fast <laughs> and they mulch infantry. Any questions from you guys? Anything else that you want to know about how I play this? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the big double cats list, the elephant in the room, mm-hmm. uh, the Makeda 2. Uh, how how sure. are you finding your Ferox survivability here? Or you said you have to play a very delicate game to balance their effectiveness against your opponent while also not giving them up too quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I mean, you. T- I mean, it's all about turn one and and the board position, right? So I'm going first. I'm s- deploying at seven, and they can, with tyrant commanders, you know, walk, leap, repo, eighteen inches. So really, the goal is usually to get them just far enough forward that my Crea can charge. Well, my Crea charges first and gets way up there with um, Force Aura, and they kind of surround it and usually that puts them in gun range of some things but like against signar like usually you're you know they got the massed pow 10 shooting as it were they they can't hit that 15 17 and still advance like they they usually have to aim for that kind of stuff so like you're 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 fine with that um and if they can hit that which you know sometimes they do your armor 19 so pow 10s aren't going to do much even their pow 12s don't do much the express team is a pow 14 i want to say yeah um, it's pow 14 and that's on, on boost down yes. but you can't knock them down you can push them around sure but can't knock them down so you're at dice minus five still um and those are kind of like the the craziest inf- you know quote-unquote infantry guns that you have to worry about they're they're on average not killing a single cat and that's kind of what this list is designed to face is like those masked infantry lists uh, again like similar to Peyton's list it's not going to go into seven heavies and expect to come out the other side winning it can but you don't want to <laughs> and the reason it can is because of Morgul. Morgul feats he can kill almost any caster in the game and yep. and sometimes he doesn't even stories. need to feed. Any good stories uh, <laughs> of uh, high camp or uh, high box target that Morgul himself is taking? Scar 3. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I, was, um, I killed a Scar 3 on 3 camp. And it was, it did come down to the last die roll. But the chances were actually... like I, I threw it an odds machine afterwards. And we were like, how, how common should that be? And the, and the answer was over 50% of the time. It was like a 55% assassination run. That if Morgul's very, very impressive. Yes. With Grievous Wounds and, and Weapon Master and Power 13 Age. And Blast, yeah. Like, all the things kind of just stack and stack and stack. So um, I kind of miss the Arcane Assassin thing, but that doesn't exist anymore, so I can't complain too much. But yeah, so, like, he can he can get there, and and he can finish the job himself against basically any caster. I mean, Scar, Scar 3 is, what, 30 boxes? ish uh she's 28 28 and she's armor 19 yes um i mean that's there's n- the only one higher is mckay because she's 35 and armor 19. 36 are 36, 36. Yeah, mckay is a, is a very special case but but like i mean that's the only that's the yeah. only one that he can't like just I'm go not in and not killing that caster <laughs> 
<laughs> sure. I mean, I mean, that's basically McKay's only defensive tool set. Mm-hmm. Is, is that large brick? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like I've I've faced off against cricks multiple times. Um. We had I had a Denny off at the last or a, a mortality off. Um. At my last tournament where. The guy played Denny 3 and I played Morgul. And that 9-inch sprint is what saved me. Well, sort of saved me. Uh, the 9-inch sprint plus uh, Marquette throwing a flesh hooks on her and preventing her from charging was kind of kind of a big deal in the long run. So, so like, I've been playing a little bit of Morgul 2. How much are you running with him on turn 1? How much am I running with him? Like, yeah, like so, straight up flat running with him? Uh, never. Yeah. Uh, because he has to cast Flashing Blade at least once, or yeah, he has to cast Flashing Blade once. Um, because I kill the both the Tycom, yeah, I kill both the Tycom banners and throw them on Marketh, so he can upkeep Shadow Play or double boost a Flesh Hooks or boost a Mortality into something turn two. But he's moving seven, nine inches because he apparates up two and then. Full advances, so he's not not getting far up the board. Sometimes I'll charge up the board, um, so he's that's what uh, ten, twelve plus seven. So he's nineteen inches up the board. Turn one a lot of times. Yeah, stealth steady is pretty huge. Agreed. Um, that yes, that yeah. really allows him to play that. That's 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 why he can play this razor's edge game where he can be super aggressive because you know he can't be knocked down. None of his cats can be knocked down. There's a lot going on with everything in there, and it works out. It works out nicely. So, quick uh, random tangents. Sure. Since since the buzz we've been hearing about the elite cadre for Zal One and for mm-hmm. Morty, do you do you think there's a chance in hell that that applies to Morgul Two and the Bloodrunners? Oh, no, no. I am doubtful. I'm also doubtful. I would play them. Uh, I would okay. So I would s- agree if it was Bloodrunners, just Bloodrunners. But his elite cadre is all pain givers. Okay, I will take the master, uh, the master tormentors. The master tormentors. Yes, that's exactly yes. where I was going with this. Bloodrunner <laughs> master tormentors are amazing. Yes, <laughs> I will take those every day and the twice un- on Sunday. The unit <laughs> itself is just kind of bad. Correct. It's not my favorite. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they're not. Yes, they're bad. We'll 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 get there when we talk about yeah. their theme. Yeah, like we got we got a whole episode trying to go over their shortcomings. I don't see it for him, just because there's a whole theme that is yeah that has them, and the, one of the reasons that I don't even really see the elite quote unquote the quote unquote the elite cadre going through. I don't think Morty's going to get Void Spirits in anything force he goes into. I think they're going to Ancestral be- Guardians are going to be placed into Masters of War, and that's probably about it. I don't that see them. seems like the most likely thing, but Mordekar's plot deleted, and come on, give the guy a bone. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can we uh, put them in um, uh, Warhost? I... Ancestral Guardians? Why would you want that? No, no, no the Void, void Spirit. Oh, yeah, please, dear God, give me that. Oh, my yeah. <laughs> but, on the other hand, he can already take them in Imperial Warhost. 
kind of. A yes. Can you create void spirits in Imperial Warhost? Yes or no? You can. That's not real. <laughs> so I mean, that's just it. He can. He can technically get them there. So if you want, like, I'm actually kind of intrigued to maybe build a Morikar Imperial Warhost and just see if that's possible. Um, it probably sucks. I'm not gonna lie, but would be interesting to see if you could make that work against infantry heavy lists. It might. The problem is Void Spirits, they're good. They're very good. Don't get me wrong. But against Median Base, against Armored Core, against Primal Terrors, against now Tharn, without taking I think they're. I think they're actually fine against most of Tharn, because Tharn's low enough armor that you can kill them in one hit. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, they're only armor 15, so you dice off three. Mm-hmm. Looking for boosted eight. But all it takes is one seven. And they get You're tough. not wrong. <laughs> they do get their tough now. They do. In Imperial Warhost. Uh, so it you know, you're banking on trying to chain together a bunch of thirty three percenters. I, I would love to see the day where we, we, we see uh Tharn versus Morty Imperial Warhost. <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> so uh, I, I, all of us have been playing Morgul too. He's he's a great caster for the longest time, and and the reason why I've been playing him on and off is I've always felt like on paper you you see Morgul too, and he's amazing, right? Like he has everything he needs to do work himself. He's got the right survival tools, uh, at least as, as much as you can give him. He's got a fantastic spell list and a really standout feat. Something quite doesn't fall into place. And I wanted to see what your advice would be to a new Morgul 2 player as far as positioning goes. Because oftentimes it's he slips up, right? Like he has to get sure. into a spot where he will die and then... Stealth and steady are not going to save him. So what do you do? Uh, the short answer is you throw him into those situations. You see what he can survive and what he can't survive. I just recently made a book, made an oopsie and uh, allowed Chrome, uh, sorry, Gedrex to get onto Morgul, and then I made two tough checks. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like, whoops. <laughs> But also sure. with that Denny 3 matchup, because I had thrown him up against fast casters, casters that could hit hard, or, or things that could kill him, even, even with me doing all these fancy little things, uh, what I needed to learn was that flesh hooks that from Mark Kath was the saving grace. Now, Denny can't charge, she can't auto-kill the body-blocking Ferox, and she can't get mortality on him anymore. And that, there you go, game over. Because she failed the assassination run, because that was literally her only option. She had three boxes left. Knowing, and, and that's why I was saying, dancing that razor's edge, learning the threat. You have to, it's, it's learning your opponent's armies. It, and that's just part of War Machine, is learning how far does your opponent threat. And understanding, you know, if I'm at the very edge of this threat range, am I safe? And you have to play it once or twice and be like, nope, that was dumb. And don't do that again. And then do it again and remind yourself of why that was dumb. Uh, but, uh, so one must become assassinated. 
pretty much the master assassin. assassin. The lord assassin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other thing is he threatens, what, 12 inches, 13 inches base? 13. Yeah. Including apparition. Yes, exactly. Just say, just say, you're in my threat range, and I'm out of your threat range. What do you do? Because most casters don't threat that far. Even Xerxes 2 well, doesn't threat that far. A lot of casters, all, he also has this weird uh, position where a lot of times, if in my three huge base version of him, if I get first turn, I will dump three and run to mm-hmm. a millimeter outside of the central forest. And sure. the next turn, go, all right, I'm going to apparition into this forest, charge, kill a thing, feet, mortality, something, and then run away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And a lot of times, people, it causes extremely difficult positioning problems. Yep. It's, it's learning the feet is the biggest thing about him, I guess, Yeah. You're not going to hit the whole army. That's the dream, and that will never happen because of center-blocking terrain. Now you will get half of an army at best, and you have to learn which half is more important for you to get, and how do you best leverage that. Because this feet turn really is a good good indication. After feet turn, you'll know if you've won or lost at that yeah. point. Or if, you're, if you've won or if you are going to go for a Hail Mary assassination. I guess is the better way of putting it. Because yes, he can he can always pull off that assassination. Matt twelve is no joke ever. <laughs> Matt twelve is pretty solid. <laughs> it turns out. Um, <laughs> oh man. So yeah, like learning when to, when and where to feed, learning how to uh, uh, leverage mortality correctly, and learning how to judge your opponent's threat ranges are the three are three of the main main things to learn about him. So, Brian, what are you excited for after our CID goes live for this list, or, or for Morgul 2 in general? Uh, well, for Morgul 2 in general, um, the vessel will be killer. Um, that is what he wants every day. That's awesome. With my list, I, I am debating dropping the bone grinders for a vessel and maxing out the pain givers. That would be the only change I'd make. I like the list a lot as it is. Uh, I don't want to lose my dodge. I don't want to lose double tough. I don't want to lose my Isla Sight. All that's too good. All of it's too important. Um, yeah, all of those tools make him work. Exactly. So, and I can't drop any beasts because I'm already below one beast points. So, it turns out my options are a little limited. But yeah, bone grind, drop the bone grinders and pick up a vessel. That would be about it. Turns out magic ability eight is much better than magic ability six. So on the when you drop if you drop the bone grinders, would you rather upgrade the reptile hound or get max pain givers? Um, I would probably get max pain givers because that allows me to use their souls a little bit more freely. Which you meant to say is you'd put a second reptile hound in. (laughs) Funny guy. <laughs> oh, no, <man>. never. <laughs> You're just like Brian. Is is there a gun to your head? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is yeah. this list you sent me? How you know I'm asking for help? I send you a list with more than one reptile hound. Yeah, reptile hound Morse code. We got. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you're not on board with the Ghani's 26 reptile hound Xerxes two list? I mean, sure, that one might work. <laughs> but no, I own I own eight of them. 
But why? Yes, that's a good question. <laughs> also, so, Tiberian is allowed in this theme, right? Tiberian <laughs> is either going to be 19 or 20 points. Do you think more casters in this theme just take Tiberian now? Go ahead, Peyton. I'll answer this later. All right. So back when I was still playing Makeda 2, when Tiberian was first added to the theme force, I was one of the weird individuals who were like, eh, screw Malik. We'll put Tiberian in the zone. And it did fairly well for me. I have looked at Morgul 3 with Tiberian as a late game piece, post-CID. I'm not sure what other casters are going to look at the same, but I do think he's a very solid consideration. We are done with Morgul 2, right? Sure. Uh, I wanted to take a second and uh, pour one out for some of the fallen soldiers for for units and models that none of us took. We we did talk about our medium bases. I don't want to spend any time complaining about them. So, mm-hmm. what about Legends of Halak? Why why do you not take them, or when do you take them? I Makeda two. Makeda two is a very good spot for them. Yes. She makes them like pseudo death wolves almost. (laughs) Yes, Uh, except they hit a lot harder. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. And have assassination vectors with combo smite. Yes, I I debated putting them in or trying to find a way to put them in to the Marvel two list. I've thought about putting them in with Xerxes one and doing a really mixed of cataphracts and Praetorians. I did even consider a Rasheth. Masters of War list, but always it's it's eight points for three guys that I mean they're good but they're not when War Machine is a very focused game and this is kind of a point I was going to try and make with Mordecai too if you aren't completely in Mordecai two confirmed on this yeah. podcast <laughs> <laughs> if you're not devoted to the plan you're you're setting yourself up for failures they detract from the plan. A lot of times, you know, uh, double cats, you can't squeeze. It's harder to squeeze them in. Uh, you basically have to choose between Redeem and the Legends in most mm-hmm. cases. Yep. And But if you're running Quad Swordsman, which we've seen, you know, there's they're not doing enough to, um, you know, cancel out the fact that they're a minimum unit by themselves. You know, six bodies is just greater than three no matter their boxes or their death or armor because with their death and arm with their death being 16 when they're base to base congratulations now you've got a breath of corruption target you've got any aoe target you've got an electrolyte target you've got so many things that want to just hit blast that. damage exactly like how 10 blast like a, damage like a dwarf mortar like mm-hmm. well, goes oh that's a great aoe4 yeah <laughs> so like yeah no, I, I, I'm very much in agreement. I, when I started out the game, they came in the theme box, or, or no, no, I got mm-hmm. them with the theme box, and mm-hmm. obviously I was playing Makeda too, mm-hmm. so they performed probably far better than I've ever seen them perform after that fact, and every time I've yep. taken them since, I, I run into what you both have talk, talked about. So, as a person who loves the legends, I do. I have found, or I found one spot, and I think there will be another if the if the repose changes go through. Uh, Makeda one in Masters of War has really good legends of a lock, like sure. really good legends. Also, if Zol one 
does get his ancestral guardians in this team force, like they alluded to in CID. They can probably one run a colossal by themselves between yeah. feet and last stand. Yeah, I, I, I can certainly see that. But I mean, that's just it, though. Damage output has never been our issue. It's never been, and it never will be. That's true. It require uh, they sacrifice less bodies to last stand. Sure, but it's more points per body. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, there's always the trade-off, and it's what do you want to do with that? Um, do you want to throw shitty Karax at that, or do you want to throw expensive Legends? And sometimes it's worth it. Like, don't get me wrong, it's never always the bad option. And sometimes, yes, that's the only thing that's going to take that thing down, and they put it there, so you're taking it freaking down right then. But it's it's all about opportunity cost, and I don't yeah. I don't think they're worth it. Are there any other notable exclusions? I, I was brave enough to take the Kiltari, who probably would have would have been on this list. I mean, honestly, yeah. it sucks that cataphracts aren't aren't there. Even just another armor or two on the Incendaria and the Arcuari would make them worth taking. Their their damage output is very respectable. Having auto fire AOE threes, very cool. But yeah. the fact that they are out threat and die to pretty much any other ranged unit in the game makes them very just bleh. It would be really nice if they got a surprise patch, little patchwork fix. Would be nice, but not expecting. Not, yeah, don't, don't expect. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the last little bit. Do we have any games lined up? Well, my local game night is tomorrow. Okay. I, I will be playing some Makeda 3, because I did not get a chance to play her with last Good. week of CID rules. And then I'm also going to mess around with some Circle, because I'm a traitor. Yes. Get out of here, dirty traitor. <laughs> I mean, I think we're all dirty traitors in some. Uh, we all dabble in another faction. I just got to itch to play some <laughs> <little> points. <laughs> Peyton, you and I will be seeing each other at War Machine Weekend. Yes. You're going LCQ too? I am going to LCQ. All hopefully right. making it to so. day two and then giving someone who has models painted uh, the opportunity to get into the invitational. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need, if I make it, I need a unit of Ferox, a Tycom, and a second season Animatrix. And I think that's it. And then I'd be fully painted. That's, it's that's not, not too bad. No, it's not worse, but damn. Finding someone with a painted Siege that doesn't want to use it right then. Well, there's zero people scoring in the Invitational. So. Yeah, I know. Er. <laughs> yep. Surprise! Yep, surprise. So, surprise. Yeah, our best list have... is... Go ahead. Uh, uh, Peyton and I are going to be going to War Machine Weekend, um, and this, po- this will probably be out long, or not long, but after that um so i got like five games in there pretty much guaranteed with lcq and then i'll probably play 15 to 20 more throughout the weekend yep my goal is a minimum of 15 to 16 hours of gaming each day nice <laughs> sounds like uh, a con <laughs> yeah. oh it's it's a fun one i'm sad you're not making it this year um hopefully there's one next year we're kind of on that we don't know yet um but if there is one we should definitely plan on on that. Yes, I've I've heard wonderful things about War Machine Weekend from people in the community. Just unfortunately, didn't line up with my personal travel plans this year. Yeah, 
I will be at LVO, but that is many, many months away. For sure. Do we have anything on our painting tables? Um, I know I personally have had the Legends, funny enough, on my painting table for the past three or four months, but, you know, we'll get there eventually. I'm working on Tiberian right now. Nice. Uh, actually, there, there's a, a couple of models in various stages of uh, sketch style. So I'm trying to bulk paint all my immortals. Mm. And uh, Tiberian is, is fairly time-consuming. Time I expect to be able to bust out a, an immortal a day or more mm -hmm. uh, once I get going after finishing him up. Sure. Peyton? Two of everything in Crucible Guard. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <There>. uh, <laughs> Good point. Uh, we would like to thank Line of Sight for hosting our podcast. It's great of them to do this. I hope to see more expanded podcasts in the library soon. And what else did we want to do? Thank you guys for doing this with me. I appreciate it. Uh, Stan for recording and editing. Peyton for hopping on along with us. You can email us at disciplesofagony at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at disciplesofagony. And you can find us all on Discord. Uh, I am Optimus Pook currently on Discord. Uh, Stan, what are you? I am type 2 on Discord. I don't have diabetes, don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> and I am PR Priest on Discord. Uh, with that, thank you for listening to our inaugural version of Disciples of Agony, and we hope to see you again. Have a great night. We now consecrate the bond of obedience. Assume the position.